This is Flippin' Finance. I'm Samus Martin. I'm joined by my co-host, Fabian. Hello, hello. Today is, what is today? Wednesday. Wednesday. We're in April, April 26th. Oh my God. <laughs> the year's going by so fast. April it's 26th. It's gonna be May. <laughs> no. 2023. <laughs> and today we're covering two questions that Fabian has that were posed from some of our friends. Before that, kick the disclosure music. As always, none of this is investment advice and does not constitute an offer to buy or sell securities, nor do any of my opinions reflect those of my employer, Olayo Financial Advisors, or any of its affiliates. This is for educational purposes only. And things obviously change. So we have no duty to go back and revise any of this information. With that out of the way, Fabian, how are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm on the eve of a trip to your home state, maybe. Uh, what? Maybe adopted home state, North Carolina. Oh, where are you going? Um, we're gonna we're going to Charlotte, Charlotte, North oh, cool. Carolina. Yeah, awesome. You guys just poking around. Gonna go visit some friends. They just got a new house, new baby, the whole suburb okay. thing. So, do you have time uh, for a beer? Do you have time for a beer? Yeah, it's my favorite right beer. No, well, I mean, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere. But when you get to Charlotte, do you have time for a beer? Absolutely, always. Go to go to Wooden Robot and get the Good Morning Vietnam. Okay. It's fantastic. I don't know that that beer name is uh, culturally appropriate anymore, but I will order it. Maybe, maybe the name is changed. Named after a movie. Days. Named after a movie. Who are you to tell me uh, what's culturally appropriate? <laughs> I have seen you wear the hat before. Yeah. So. It's a little tip. Um, you get nothing out of this episode. So, yeah, nothing else. Go drink that beer. Um, yes. So today, two questions. One, you sent me, you sent me a text with this clip on on TikTok. So I, I want to dive into this TikTok thing. We have the clip that we're going to play, but this was shocking. It, it scared me. I automatically was like, Sam, we got to do a podcast about this. The people need to know. We have been fooled. We have been duped. And I think it's time we pull the, the curtain back and really tell people what's going on, uh, maybe with their investments. At least that's the feeling I got when watching this. With your 401k. With yes. your 401k. Okay, my 401k, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. So we're, we're, we're going to play the clip here. Uh, let me get my technology set. And here it is. Somebody says, hey, I got a million bucks in my 401k. I say, great. How much of that is yours? They go, what do you mean? It's all mine. I go, it's not yours. You've got a partner. In fact, you're the limited partner. The general partner is the federal government. And you have no idea how much they're going to take from you. Like right now it's 38, 39% they're gonna take. What happens when it goes to 50, 60, 70% like in the past or up to 90% as we did in the 1950s, yeah. the marginal tax rate was 90%. You have no idea how much of that money is yours. Why don't you put it into something that you can control that, 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 that you know it's yours, but that 401k, you have no idea how much of that money is yours. Wow. Goodness. Wow. He said a lot there and I need you to unpack this. Um, So I'm going to let you do your thing. You're the smart one here. I'm just the one that's freaking out over this TikTok. So there's a ton to unpack here and I'm going to hit, I'm going to start with the easy stuff and then I'm going to go into the scary things uh, that when you put into context are, are not 
that difference. So you'll you'll see this a lot from certain people out in the finance industry of don't put your money in 401k. The government's going to steal all of it. And you know what? That could be true. Who knows what will happen in 20 years type, type of thing. The, I have tons of pushback on that. First off, always do your employer match. It's literally free money. It's 100% return on your contribution. So get your match. So there's like the first pushback is you're giving up free money by not putting money in there, assuming um, that you work with a company that has a match or some type of uh, contr- contribution level into your 401k. So that's first right there is free money from your company. Uh, oddly, he doesn't mention that. That's, that's weird. Uh, the other thing, he is correct in saying that uh, tax rates will most likely be higher in the future. Uh, for example, uh, if you Google Social Security running out of money, I think it's projected to run out of money in 2033 right now type of thing. So you could be like, you know, taxes are going up. Social Security is going to fail. The end of the dollar is near. But a lot of things can be fixed from like a payroll tax to help alleviate that. But I do generally agree. Um, So taxes are kind of like a pendulum. They swing back and forth. Right now, we're at a low tax regime. And we most likely will swing back to a higher tax uh, regime. So like, I don't push back. I do think taxes will be higher in some function. But he is referencing the marginal rate. So your marginal rate is as you get into higher tax brackets, you do pay a higher uh, tax rate for that extra dollar that you make type of thing. But it is not your effective tax rate. So he is incredibly wrong when he is saying that your tax rate is going to be 50, 70, 80%. And that sounds- the reach- that sounds crazy. Yeah. So people kind of like misunderstand how taxes work. And you you have your tax bracket. So, and I forget them off the top of my head, but let's just use round numbers here. The first $10,000 of income, you pay roughly 10% on that. And then the next $20,000, you pay a separate rate. So you then get a blended effective rate on your tax rate. So you're never going to be paying of that marginal rate he's referencing. So that 50, 70%, I have clients, they are in the 1% uh, of income earners making a million dollars a year. They don't pay the highest full tax tax bracket rate on an effective basis. So yes, as they make a dollar more over a million dollars a year, they do pay the highest uh, tax rate. But on a effective tax uh, basis, they're still somewhere in the high 20s. So it's not as bad as that guy is making it out to be. Got it. So what you're saying is, yes. Yeah, so let me say this back to you and you tell me if I understood it correctly. Let's just say we have $100 and mm-hmm. up to $100, you're going to get taxed, we'll say 30%. We're just using 30%, sure. right? But then I make $150 that $50 is going to be taxed at a separate rate than the $100. So I'll get taxed $30 on the 100 and let's say it's 50% on the $50 extra. So it'd be another $25 there, right? Exactly. So it's not, so, they're not like combining the total amount. Exactly. Right? And if you have a million dollars in your 401k, 
you're not going to be taking out $500,000 to get into the highest marginal tax bracket. Usually you'll be taking out like a hundred or something like that. So it's just like, if I was up on stage, I would just be pointing that out to him. The other big thing that he is not talking about is not everything in a 401k is going to be taxable when you take it, take it out. If your 401k has a Roth component to it. So you'll see anything going into a normal 401k is going to be pre-tax. So it lowers your taxes today, grows tax-free. We love that. But there can also be a Roth 401k option within your plan. So I've seen a lot of plans. It's becoming more prevalent. You just need to be cognizant of it. Some smaller plans do not offer a Roth. Roth is fantastic because you take after-tax money, you put it into the Roth segment of your 401k plan that grows tax-free. And then when you pull it out, boom, tax-free to you as well. And there's limits on a Roth, correct? There are limits to a Roth IRA contribution. So it's roughly 6,500 given certain income limits that I don't have tattooed on my, on my arm, but a Roth 401k has the same contribution limits as a regular 401k. So you could fully fund your Roth, your, your 401k into a Roth portion. If you wanted to, you'd just be paying taxes in today's tax rates. So what I do with a lot of clients is if they already have a big bucket of pre-tax money, it's kind of like, well, let's just, let's pay more, let's pay a little bit in taxes today, put it into that Roth portion. Interesting. So it's kind of disingenuous for him to be like, oh, you know, you're an LP with the government. It's like, eh, not really. Well, this guy also sounds like he's cherry picking, right? He's saying things that are like kernel of truth, but not telling you the whole story. Yes. Yes. Why, why do you think, why do you think he's doing that? So what, um... What do you think? Uh, what do you think he's selling? We've we've talked about this like three episodes ago. Well, I'm assuming if he's pointing out a problem and say, "Don't put your," because this is how he ends the video. He goes, "Wouldn't you want to put your money in some like I, I don't know exactly how he phrases it. Let me let me see if I can something that up. you own. Put it into yes. something that you own. Yes. What 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 is he? What could he be talking about there? So typically, something that you own would be an insurance product. So. What he is pitching is don't put your money into 401k, probably put it into an index universal life, which is a whole life policy that we talked about last time. And that way you control it and you don't pay taxes when it comes out, but don't worry about the really high fees because also 401k investing is fantastic. The fees are incredibly low, you know, cause you're able to negotiate rates with all your other 401k brethren in there. So you get really low investment rates. You get really low admin fees. Uh, an insurance product is the complete opposite of that, you know. That good, hmm. yeah. So when when you put it into the context of that, and because my friend reached out, was like, "Oh crap, should I be? Am I doing my four hundred one k wrong?" Type thing. It's like one hundred percent. No, you're doing great. So who is like who is this person's target audience? Like who are the people that? I mean, obviously, people are buying insurance that this person is selling. So yeah. there has to be some sort of a payoff. It can't be a, like a full out scam or is it just like, it's kind of, you're not realizing the full potential of what you could be had you invested your money in another way. That, that. So it is marketed in a way that it gets your spider, spidey senses tingling and you're like, oh, I've got to protect myself type of thing. And you give up, people don't understand compound interest at all type of thing. 
So like you're, you're giving up the, the growth of your 401k invested in a you know, prudent diversified portfolio is going to grow way more than uh, almost any universal life insurance product that I've seen, any whole life policy, because there's the upfront fees, there's the commissions paid to the um, insurance person, you're not getting really good service, I can keep going on. But like people love having like a known commodity type thing. They're like, I know I'm going to get 4% on my money. I don't care if I can get 4% in a money market, but my my universal product is going to protect me from the downside and I'll have insurance and I feel good on it. Whereas if I was just to like, you know, put my money in a diversified portfolio and not look at it 10 years. Yeah. The, the prices in the short term, it might be a little scary to look at your portfolio, but over 20 year time frame, you're going to be in a much better position than you are in a uh, insurance product. Right. And the reason why so many people are out there doing this is because the commissions on these are huge. So, so it's beneficial to that guy to oh yeah, like a four hundred one and be like, yeah. this you own this. Yeah, it doesn't like, own um, you. And he uses words get... like the government. Like whenever people hear the government, it like with riles a B, you with up a B inside. In oh, with a B, government. <laughs> oh yeah, he's very southern. And like so. Like take that million dollar 401k. I've seen people been convinced to like cash it out, put it into uh, a life insurance product and like a million dollar insurance sale and a whole life policy is like a massive payout. It's huge. Like I, it's like, what would your guess be for that commission? $12,000. Way more. It's usually like 10% of the policy face value. Wow. So $100,000. That's crazy. It could be that high. And like, uh, you'll never feel that as a client. It's not like you're directly um, handing that money to that insurance salesman, but like the insurance company kicks that back to a salesperson. So like, yeah, that guy's highly motivated to get you into that. And so he would get that like immediately, like end of the month, he's he's getting a $100,000 check from the insurance company for selling that policy. Yeah, or somewhere. You know, it's a very large check. Man, yeah. I think I need to be doing well, that. Eh, you sell your soul, sure. <laughs> no, call your grandma, sell her whole life policy. Hell no, <laughs> not for not for a hundred k. But you you sent me another headline that kind of dives into the psychology and the headlininess that makes people want to buy these uh, policies in the first place. Do you want to read it real quick? Yes, and I hope I get this right here. But Wells Fargo's Harvey warns S&P 500 is set for a 10% correction. Yeah. So, you're just a normal person going about your day and then you somehow glance at the TikTok or whatever you're doing, uh Wall Street Journal, whatever, I don't know if people read things anymore on Twitter type thing, you're like, "Oh, crap, stocks are set for a 10% correction." type thing. Well, you know, maybe that universal policy looks really good type thing. Um, mm-hmm. But once again, we've talked about this before in a previous episode, putting the stock market into context so people understand the ebbs and flows of how things happen. Do you remember on average what the market drop is every year? 30%? No. <laughs> Not that bad. It's 14. <laughs> That's so what I said. A- yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry, it's the headphone. Um, so 
every year on average, the stock market is going to drop roughly 14%. It can drop 30%. And in March of 2020, it dropped more than 30%. I think it was 33% in a month. That's what um, I was talking about, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought you right. asked. Yeah. So like, you're like, oh, you see this headline. Oh my gosh, should I be doing something with my portfolio? Stocks are set for a correction. Harvey is telling me that like next six to three months, things are going to go down a little bit. And like, let me read this because this sounds from his article, uh, from the Bloomberg article. In our view, Equity downside will be driven by worsening economic conditions, a function of aggressive monetary policy, potential capital liquidity issues catalyzed by bank crisis, and a consumer that's increasingly reliant upon credit to sustain suspended. That sounds pretty thoughtful and like spidey senses are up again. I should be doing something. Now, I will, I will push back on the consumer relying on credit because me and you, I was just in North Carolina last week. You're going to North Carolina last week. You're going to get that beer, stimulate the local economy. We appreciate that. At the same time, I'm not in Indy right now. I'm in Fort Collins because I'm a bum and I have to, uh, (laughs) I have clients out here. And also I can only spend two consecutive days with my fiance, uh, according to her. (laughs) So it kind of like putting the context into things, I think is really important when you see these things, stocks are going to go down. They're always, whenever you read a headline, it's always going to be three to six months. You know, it's a wide enough time frame to be like, uh, you know, roughly right, but precisely wrong is my, is my favorite kind of quote. And then you're not like a boring finance guy like me, but do you, have you ever watched CNBC? Never. Okay. Do you know the concept of CNBC? Is it all money all the time? It's like it. Yeah, it is like the financial sports. It's like ESPN for money. Station. It is. Yes, it's it's what Kramer's on. It's what is that where like, Squawk Box? You know, Squawk Box. The, you know that show? Okay. Yes, yes. Squawk Box is on CNBC. Okay. See, you know Squawk Box. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Have you ever seen like the markets in turmoil specials that they have? No. Okay. So they actually had one. What's today? Roughly a month ago, because of the banking uh, kind of tremors that we had, that could have definitely turned into something more. So like once in a while, whenever the market's down 10, 15, 20%, they'll have a markets in turmoil special. When they have that special, how many times in the future do you think 12 months from that special when they run it, is the stock market positive? I'm going to say 100% of the time. Correct. Really? Really? Correct. Yes, 100% of the time. And this, this goes back to 20, 2010. So you could, you could argue like this, that's a small, smaller sample size because we were technically in a bull market for a majority of, of that time. Also, like I, maybe they just started at the markets and turmoil special in, in 2010. But what do you think the average return on a one-year basis is when they run that special? I'm going to price is right style here. I'm going to go one, $1. one <laughs> <laughs> So the average one year return when CNBC runs markets and turmoil special is 40%. Holy cow. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So like when it comes to, we've talked about this before. Uh, if I was like, Hey Fabian, Bomba socks, they're on sale. We're running a market special on this. Would you be excited? One yes, yeah yes okay, 
Yeah, all, all so, we need is one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if I came to you and was like, Fabian, there's a stock market special right now. It's in turmoil. Would you be excited? Me personally, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Most people, okay. like Gen Pop, probably not. Sure. Exactly. So that's like adding the context. And of course, like as soon as we shade this, like the next market special will we'll, uh, you know, probably be apocalypse and we'll have guns and beans type of thing. But based on history, you know, whenever you have uh, a correction, it's a good time to go in and rebalance your portfolio. I wouldn't advocate for for really big changes, but that's what I do in client portfolios is when we had the March 2020 uh, crash. Um, now, my portfolios were a little bit different. We had stocks, bonds, and something called alternatives. So that helped diversify the portfolio and protect to the downside. It's really boring. Sounds awesome though, right? But what I did, <laughs> what I did is uh, you just go in and rebalance. So uh, stocks got crushed, bonds were doing okay, but my alternatives were up a lot. So I just sold some of the alternatives and I bought the stocks. It wasn't like this huge uh, firing from the hip. You should have a, a plan in place for when these eventual downturns do happen, but I would never be selling in anticipation of like a market turmoil event. Right. Yeah. And and when I read the headline, like to me, you know, as I mentioned just earlier, you said whatever, you know, if you were to ask me if the stock market was having a sale, like would I be excited about it? When I see the word correction on there, my spidey senses do start to tingle. I'm like, okay, this looks like an opportunity. Right? And maybe not everybody's in that position, but when I see that, I'm like, okay, here, here, potential opportunity here, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to think about it. And then there's always going to be something like of concern. Um, I'm meeting with clients out here in Fort Collins. Um, it's not all fun, Austin. I didn't get to go to, <laughs> to New Belgium Brewery just so we're on the same page. But you will. But, I, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um but they had some really great questions of, you know, political season starting to heat up. Um, at the same time, that's going to be a concern. We have the U.S. debt ceiling is going to be hitting in July, August. That's obviously always a concern. Who knows what the heck's going to happen with there? My prediction is the dumbest thing is going to happen because it's politics. Um, you've got geopolitical events could always heat up. Russia, Ukraine, that's probably sadly not going to stop anytime soon. Something else stupid that hmm. we're not cognizant of today. Uh, will we'll spring up. Somebody will have a crazy headline that Social Security is going to run out of money, which is true type of thing. All these things are like true things, but like if you go back in history, tensing, being positive and staying with it, things tend to work out um, in your favor. I think we live in an era, and this is just my crazy thought here. I just think we, in the past, these crazy things have happened before, right? Um, where either companies have been crushed and they just completely disappear and the stock market crashes really huge and things like that. But I think we live in an era where things are too big to fail in a sense and someone's always coming in to save the day. You know what I mean? Knock like, on wood. I think the, I think America, I'm going to go on a huge rant here. America has gotten soft and we have nerfed the world and the government is protecting us and won't let anything bad happen. And to, I mean, that, that's what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. Government stepped in. Now, like the, the pushback to that argument is you, you create moral hazard, meaning, um, well, I don't care like how much money I have in the bank. Like the government's going to step in and save it if like something wrong happens. 
you know. And I mean, create. that's that's the sense that I'm getting, right? Like as things happen, it it just feels like more and more. It's just like okay, throw money at the problem. We don't have money, make more, right? We'll deal with the consequences later, but we're not letting things just completely go crazy. Yeah, yeah. And like in the short term, that's good, but that is like kind of the pushback to some of the things that we're doing from an economic policy standpoint that are not good long-term. So like, I readily agree with like both sides of that. Any burning yeah, questions? That's, that's you all you got for me. That's, that's <laughs> all you've got for me today. That, that was your, you don't have burning questions. You have a burning statement. Yeah, that was my, uh, uh, gosh, what, what is it? Peter Griffin, what really grinds my gears segment. Okay. I mean, you are a suburb guy. I can just see you just be like, you know what really grinds my gears? Taxes. Taxes, yes. All kinds of taxes. Uh, actually, quick side note. Uh, my mom sold her home and there's a a uh, there's an exclusion. So if you're you're married, the first five hundred thousand dollars of home appreciation is is tax free. It's excluded from from gains. If you're single, which she is, the first two fifty is excluded. So she was uh, she'd been in that home for twenty years. So it'd grown more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and um, so she had to pay a little tax on it. And she was like, Sam, what is, why do, why is the government care what I did with my home? I was like, oh, mom, did, did you just become a Republican? <laughs> uh, so I don't know if she listens to this, but hi, mom. Also, uh, that's crazy that her house appreciated that much. Yeah, well, it was kind of like imagine. And you think that twenty years ago isn't the eighties? It was two thousand three. Yeah, but think about think about if you bought a three hundred thousand dollar house outside of Zionsville in two thousand. Yeah, you know what's that worth now? Probably like six hundred. At least, yeah. So, I mean, in, in my neck yeah. of the woods, yeah. That, well, you know, Fabian, we can't all get into your gated community. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And I live in the gated community within the gated community. Exactly. Exclusive. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, that's all we've got uh, for today. Um, today. Today's episode was, was definitely inspired by a friend uh, shooting over a question. So uh, once again, we, we love questions. It makes uh, my job easier because I get, I get heated up. Uh, I was like calling, texting her about it. I was like, this is stupid. So it gave me the inspiration <laughs> for... <laughs> Uh, today's topic so feel free to reach out uh, rate subscribe uh, share with a friend and uh, we love doing this and uh, feedback is feedback is a gift that's right bye bye